Welcome to Cheers. I'm your host, Avery Woods. Hi guys, welcome back to the Cheers podcast. I'm so excited for this episode. I have someone that I have just looked up to and admired and followed for so long. Thank you. And I'm, first of all, in the most stunning house I've ever seen in my entire life. This is my friend, Abella. Welcome Hello. to the Cheers podcast. Thank you so much for having no, me. Thank you for being here. I'm truly honored. You know I'm so happy you're you. here no, in I'm... my house for your podcast. It's such a like amazing experience. Already. Oh my gosh. Well, it's really a special day because today, which this is going to be posted later, but today is the launch of the Cheers podcast. And Abella had the most gorgeous setup. She had these custom cookies made in a cake. And I walked into the kitchen and I saw that and I lost it. I just cried. I was like, it it didn't like hit me that today was the launch day. And it's just such a full circle moment being here and being in your presence while we went live. So thank you so much for that. Of course. I'm so proud of you. Like that's so exciting. And I wanted to celebrate because, you know, in the go, go, go of things, sometimes just take being still and like. I love pockets of peace, right? And yes. I wanted to just be a part of that for oh, you. Oh, thank so. you. Well, first of all, cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much for having me. We are drinking um, apple cider, yes. which I appreciate because this is actually one of my favorite beverages. So, so good. Thanks Martinelli. for being here. Mm. I'm going to set this behind us. Yummy. Okay. So first of all, I want just a quick brief description of you from you because I love hearing that from my oh guests. My gosh. So for those that don't know Nabella, tell me a little bit about yourself. Wow. It's so interesting describing yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, well, hello, my name is Nabella Noor and I have made content online for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a mother, a wife, and I am a content creator. I'm an author children's book called beautifully me i've recently started dabbling in interior design and interior styling and um yeah i just have been loving kind of diving into all of my creative interests and sharing that online like you do so it's yeah. so much fun so and you have such an interesting background because you did you start content creation while you were in college yes i was in college um like towards the end of my my college career and it was a hobby I had intended on fully becoming a lawyer um you know being South Asian we kind of have these like predetermined tracks of career tracks that our family wants us to kind of follow mm-hmm. um because you know being a daughter of immigrants like there are certain dreams and aspirations that that your parents have for you that they think are the best for you and typically that falls under medicine law engineering Mm -hmm. so like it's kind of within that those like three categories and so I had chosen law and I'm passionate about law as well so I wanted to work for the UN I was in college and I was prepared to graduate take my LSATs go to law school I had the whole formula and I also was such a creative person and I had so many creative interests but my mom said okay find a creative outlet to like Make that a hobby. Let that be your hobby. Let mm-hmm. that be your hobby. So I had discovered, you know, YouTube and Instagram and stuff. And so I just started posting things that I was interested in, beauty videos, fashion videos, little things like that, um, aesthetics in general, right? And people liked it. And it ended up becoming slowly but surely 
more than just a hobby. Mm -hmm. And I had graduated. I had started working um, using my degree. So I was doing work in like social work and behavioral therapy and while also studying to go to law school. And then I was still making my videos and they were just getting more and more popular and well-received. So my mom was like, I told my mom and I said, can I please see where this goes for a little bit? I have my degree. Mm-hmm. I'm planning on taking my LSATs and going to law school. Let me just kind of see what this could be. Yeah. And she was a little reluctant, but essentially because she knew my passions and stuff, she said, okay, try it out for a little bit. And I did. And it ended up working out in my favor. And I like took a dive into it full time. And now here I am. That's amazing. And I'm, I'm so glad that your mom let you kind of trial it out yeah and believed in you in that yeah because I do think it's important to like for example I have my nursing degree but I yes you know I'm it's totally I have a completely different career yes and I think it's okay I feel like people feel the need to figure out their entire life so soon yeah when really it's not the case and you just have to kind of try what works best for you and what makes you happy exactly did you start on YouTube? Or? Yes. Okay. So yes. what were you like initially posting when you started that? Beauty videos. Okay. So it was very much like, it was also very interesting because I live in a very white town. Mm-hmm. I grew up just completely immersed, you know, ar- around white people, mm-hmm. not really understanding my own unique beauty and sure. not really knowing how to love the skin that I'm in. And so when I found YouTube, I found so many other women of color who were posting videos for their, like, not for their communities, but in part, you know, being able to provide representation for their communities. And I thought, I don't see anybody, you know, like me. Mm-hmm. And I see all these beautiful women and they make me feel like maybe I'm also beautiful. Yeah. And so then I started making videos and then so many brown girls were like, wow, I didn't know what shade I was until you know, you started telling us what shade you are. I didn't know what shade to buy in concealer. I didn't know X, Y, and Z. No one's talked about these things or those things that are pertaining our community and our culture. Thank you for doing that. And so it really started off me just kind of being what I wish I would have seen. And in like kind of the result of that was just uh, garnering a community of people that really appreciated what I had to share and the stories that I had to tell. And, but yeah, it started off in makeup and fashion for sure. I love that. I did not know that story. Yeah. And I I just love the meaning behind it. I think it's so special. Thank and you. like what an amazing way to start that platform, right? Yeah, I never would have thought like I never would have thought that a girl who just grew up not really knowing, not ever really feeling enough, mm-hmm. right? Not feeling American enough in this really white conservative town and then not feeling brown enough with whenever I'd be around my my friends and family in different cities and around the world and around the country um I would never feel brown enough for them mm-hmm. and then I went online and I was like this is just me you know yeah. like this is who I am and people either loved it or they didn't they received it well or they didn't mm-hmm. but I found that there were a lot more people like me yeah. that just needed to see that story yeah you know? and it's also reassuring when you can be loved for your authentic self, yeah. which is very reassuring too, yeah. especially when you're trying to find yourself and be comfortable. That's in so true. Skin. Finding yourself, yeah. right? Like we don't know fully. Yeah. I don't think I'm fully self-actualized mm-hmm. right now. Like I'm still learning who I am. And I started making videos when I was in college. Yeah. I don't even recognize the girl mm-hmm. from those videos. Yeah. I don't even recognize myself in the sense where I'm in a totally different headspace. I So I truly did 
find myself throughout this journey of making content and I'm still discovering who that is yeah and that's also been something I've learned about content creation is like I'm sharing with you where I'm at now Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that that's where I was before or that that's where I will be and that's kind of a really special thing to like live life and grow with people there giving you the space to do so you know absolutely and when were you like okay mom this is this is what I'm gonna do what was that so I think she kind of realized not me always like no I love it let's hold hands <laughs> you know Drew Barrymore like Drew Barrymore show yeah. she's always yeah. like on the floor yes. or something yeah. I'm like I relate so deeply because oh, I'm same. such a like oh yeah are you good are As you we okay can be comfortable on the couch when yeah. you hold hands and be happy yeah exactly I love it. <laughs> but no my mom knew that this was becoming something a lot more permanent when she went back to Bangladesh to visit and people were stopping her and they were like are you Nabila Noor's mother and then her and my dad were like yes we are her parents they're like yeah (laughs) yeah and then I think that they realized that like that there was a that there was something that special to what we were doing you know and it's I say we because you know my parents also like our story is is unconventional in some ways right like Mm -hmm. my mother is very pious very religious she wears the hijab I don't consider myself you know the most like uh I'm I'm I wouldn't consider myself the most religious person and so seeing that like pairing of someone I'm wearing shorts and I'm you know my mom does not like my Christmas tree every year you know like and but that's real like that's our story Mm -hmm. and I I thank them for giving me the permission to live authentically even if it might be something that even if I make decisions that they might not necessarily agree with um they give me the support to just share my truth online mm-hmm. I really appreciate that and yeah that's amazing that I don't think I say that enough so if you're watching I'm Monapu, I love you oh that's <laughs> really sweet and can you kind of go over your parents background a little bit because I know you've kind of talked yeah. about it on TikTok but I think your guys's family story just as a unit is so incredible and inspiring. Yeah. So I Thanks. would love to hear that from you just in yeah. person. Yeah. So my mom, okay, is this, I'm just like, okay, I will, if I talk too much about my mom, instant tear. Oh, no, same. <laughs> so I already me, cried today, like within five minutes of meeting you. So we're past that point. It's yeah. Okay. My And if I talk about my dad, game over. We can, I can't even, words can't even come out. So, yeah. um, but I'll, I'll, refrain my parents uh, have a really unique story my mom and my dad had a child marriage an arranged marriage when they were very young my mom was 14 and my dad was 17 years old 14 um, is a baby 14 like, is a baby number and I'm like yeah it it's wow okay. and she had such you know she had so many dreams for her life you mm-hmm. know she wanted to be a lawyer I think that also was you know one of the reasons why I kind of like absorbed that dream for myself mm-hmm. as well um my mom wanted to be a lawyer. She wanted to see the world. She wanted to do so many things. And um, my grandparents on both sides decided that they were going to, they were friends. They decided that their kids were going to marry. And uh, my mom and my dad got married very, very young. And then her life since then has been her children mm-hmm. and her husband. And um, they had my older siblings in Bangladesh. Uh, so I am the first generation American for my okay. family. All my three older siblings were born in Bangladesh. And then they came to this country with my, my parents in 1991, which is the year that I was born. And my siblings, their stories are so inspiring to me as well because they, they had to come not knowing any English. You know, my parents came not knowing any English. Mm-hmm. And my siblings had to like take ESL classes and, and learn English and then be translators for my parents. And their journey is insane 
and so inspiring itself. Yeah. And then I was born and then I have two younger siblings. And so there's six of us kids and our parents are our world. Um, and my parents were not, they didn't uh, get to have much higher education. Mm-hmm. So my dad, you know, when he came to America, he was a taxi driver. He also worked third shift at the haagen factory. And then he also had another third odd job in like a retail space. So he was working three jobs at a time. My mom, who knew no English, uh, sewed little bows for like five cents a bow. And she would just stay up all night and just oh my sew God. these little bows. With six kids. Yeah, with Yes, exactly. Well, at the time, um, four kids, and then yeah. my, my other siblings. Came Even one child, right? That's incredible. And um, it was a labor of love. I think my family's story of how they came to this country and how much it required a village is so inspiring. My my siblings, um, we were all separated, so my dad had to live with two of my siblings, um, with one of my aunts in their basement. My mom and I and my brother lived in another with my other aunt in their basement um and that's how like they survived for a few months until they were able to get like some footing so my parents their story in and of itself is just that of a testament of like the village and the power of the village Mm -hmm. and that's just been the way we've lived the rest of our lives my parents finally after really uh saving and and working really hard they got their big break being able to own like a jewelry business so we went from being in new york to then maryland to then landing here in pennsylvania and my dad had his opportunity to take over a jewelry business for one that he was working for um he was selling he was going to move back to his country and um he was like hey like you can take this over and my dad said oh my gosh, like this is my big chance. And that was the beginning of our family business. And I grew up, my siblings grew up working at the family shop. Mm -hmm. And um, it was always that mentality of like, this is what we do for family. It's a we thing. And I feel like that's just kind of been the rest of, of our life. And now with my business, I work with my sister and my, my husband. And it's just, that's my first thought is when we do something, we do it as a family. And it's definitely my parents that taught us that. And I love it, too, because walking in your home, you can feel that. Like your family greeting us and just knowing everything that you need to be the best version of yourself. And they're setting you you up for success. Yes. It's just so warm and welcoming. And I love that about you you guys. And that you've stuck together through all the ups and downs, which is just so inspiring. Because look where you are today. Thank you. I mean, that's truly Would not be without my family. That's incredible. Like right now my girls so that everybody can everything can be nice and quiet they're with my mom yeah you know and we intentionally we all live within a 10 minute radius from my parents which is the dream yeah so all of us siblings like there's six of us we all live just so that she the central point is just 10 minutes away really yeah oh i love that i'm like calling my mom i'm like i'm buying you the house next door yeah (laughs) okay so when did you finally realize like wow i could do social media as my career I think I realized it when it became to where, first of all, I was able to sustain an income. Yes. You know, that's the first thing mm-hmm. um, is being able to really, and it is, it's, it's difficult. You know, you're, you're getting these different opportunities and stuff like that, but it's not always guaranteed, mm-hmm. you know? So once I started to find that there was a nice flow and I was having some consistent partnerships and also I was, you know, generating my own, you know, income just through the content in and of itself. Once it started to feel like, oh, this can sustain itself and it can actually be reliable. 
That was my first indicator. The second was when I started to feel like this is what I could close my eyes and do forever. Yes. You know, and that's how I feel. Like Mm -hmm. oftentimes when I decide, oh, I'm going to take like a weekend of being unplugged. I get, I itch to make yeah. content because yeah. I love making it. I mm-hmm. love creating a piece of content and from telling a story from beginning to end, even if it's just me making a food dish yeah. or I'm showing like a, a pocket of piece from my afternoon. I just love creating the content. Mm-hmm. So once I realized like I love doing this uh, and I could see myself doing it indefinitely, I also knew that that was when it became like a career for me. Yeah. Um, but since then, so many other opportunities have opened itself up for me. And now I just feel like it goes beyond content creation. I really just enjoy aesthetics and I enjoy um, helping people uh, celebrate their homes, celebrate their bodies, celebrate their stories. And so, you know, it's been really, really nice kind of extending beyond content creation. But I don't really talk about it that much. So yeah. I'm really excited to kind of like talk with you and yeah. also hear like what you're what your ambitions are as well when it comes to content creation and everything else. Well, and that's like what I told you is I, I feel like I know everything yet nothing about you because you have so many different outlets and businesses, which I admire so much as someone else on social media and someone that has, you know, more aspirations outside of social media. But I feel the same as you where even if I unplug for maybe my mental health, I get the itch to create, not to scroll. Yes. And that's what what I will say. I'm really bad at scrolling. Like a lot of my friends are big social media content creators. I'm like, oh shoot, they posted last week and I didn't see whatever. Like Mm -hmm, I always mm -hmm. want them to know I support them, but I love just the creation side and the editing side. That brings me joy. And so I love that you love that too, because I feel the same exact way. Can I just say you also are one of the most supportive content creators? Like, so to know that that actually means something to you that you're like, oh, I have to go back and see what they created. Mm -hmm. I can feel that sometimes because I'll go on to my notifications and it'll say like of a video from a few days ago and you're like, love it, girly. I'm like, you don't know how much that means. That's so nice. That's one thing like someone will pop up my for you page like for you right and I'm like I'll click on your profile I'm like oh shoot I missed three videos all right that I, I feel it I know those times because I it'll be like back to back to back yes. and it's just so sweet no, and it I'm, means a lot well and I think it's so important too in this industry like you have to be supportive of one another yeah. because you just it's just hard it's hard to do what we do and I think it's important to like show a fellow creator that it's not a competition. It's mm. not jealousy. It's just we just support each other. Yeah. And I love that. That's and, so. And I get that from you so much. Oh, You're great. so supportive all the time. And I love also seeing your comments on other creators' videos. Yeah. And like a very broad audience. Like yeah. you you love watching a ton of different types of creators. Yes. And you always show them support. Yes. And I just love that about you. Thank you. I feel yeah. like the exact same about I feel like you do such a great job in affirming people. That's such a great quality oh, to have. You. My sister Neha, who's yeah. filming is an angel. We love the her. most affirming person I know. Oh, I love that. And it's just oftentimes we give people what we need, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I learned through my like especially with working with her that she's so affirming now I realize like that's the way that she likes to be loved mm-hmm. and I can tell that you love to be loved through support yes. and through affirmations as well yes. because you pour it so much yeah. oh, like it's so you. nice thank so, you yeah so I need to know from you your the background of how you met your husband and your guys story because oh you guys God. you guys they are so cute <laughs> like he worships you and supports you so much like I we see it as we walk yeah. in and it's it's not it's not what he does or what he says. It's the way he looks at you yeah. and how he just truly enjoys being in your presence and, and 
watching you do what you love to do. Oh my and God. I love that. It's so mutual too, in the sense where like when he has, when he's doing his hobbies or things that he really loves, like I'm just googly eyed. And I think it's, with him, I could talk about it all day, but let me tell you no, how that's me we with David, met. Don't worry. You yeah. Can it's okay. It's, I, so Seth and I met at one of our family businesses. Um, my sister's, um, she had a cheesesteak restaurant. And like I said, whenever anything with our family, we all rally behind. Mm-hmm. And so it was a family business. Um, and she took over a cheesesteak restaurant that had already existed. So it already had clientele. It already had customers. He was one of them. He worked at the mall at AT&T. And so the day that I got off of, like got out of my classes in college and I went to go help her. So I run to the restaurant and I'm like, I'm going to be the girl that's taking the orders. I remember distinctly guys I remember this like and you hear these stories and you're like yeah okay whatever whenever someone's like I knew I was gonna marry that person you're like rolling your eyes oh Scott can attest this did about David all the time I don't care what anyone says I no one in the room existed but us I was I was such a um like non-believer of that statement Mm -hmm. until it happened to me I don't think you really can fathom that type of uh, outer body experience until it happens to you. So I remember when he was walking up the steps, well, he was taking an escalator up the steps um, because he worked at AT AT&T in the the bottom and I'm at the food court in the top and I see him coming up the escalator. Never met this man before, but for some reason, as I'm looking off in the food court, taking everyone's orders, I see from my peripheral vision this really cute guy and he's walking through the food court and I'm like, for a split second, I thought, I would marry a guy like that. Yeah. I was like, I would marry a guy like that. It's a and sign. then I had a secondary thought that immediately slapped that thought. And it was, but he's probably a jerk. Oh, you know? Yeah. So, he's walking up. Mm-hmm. I see him walk through. And I already said that I thought he was a jerk. Okay. So, then he makes his way behind um, the customers in line. Yeah. And my heart's racing. Like, I cannot wait to take his order. Because I'm just like, I think he's the cutest thing ever. So, I... Once I get to him, I'm completely flustered. Yeah. Like, I don't even know words anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, like, spilled the soda for him and everything. Oh, it was no. just such a mess. So and he's super shy. Yeah. Now, things have changed. I'm shyer. Like, mm-hmm. I've become a lot more reserved over the years. But at the time, I was, like, more of a social butterfly. And he was super shy. And so I took his order. Nothing really happened. Like, it was like, I just knew that he was so cute. I took his order again the next day, the next day. Oh, was he like a frequent flyer? Yeah, he was oh, a freak. I mean, he okay. had all the points. He liked like, that food. Yeah, he yeah. loved our cheesesteaks. And so eventually he finally like asked me for my number, you know, and I was so excited. And then that was it. Like, wow. but it's so crazy because I thought he was cute and all that. That was fine. But I was supposed to get an arranged marriage. Yes. Um, that's what I wanted yes. to ask you about that. So my sister got an arranged marriage and, you know, I love to take the opportunity whenever I can to illuminate on how arranged marriages can be different, you know, based off of where you're from and etc. So a lot of times we think of arranged marriage and we think like the parents saying, you're going to marry this person. And that can very well still be the case in many places around the world. Um, But modern day arranged marriages typically look like The Bachelor. Um, But your parents are like, they got, you know, their own rose ceremony going on for you. Like, but you're given the rose, you know what I mean? So like, you're the one that's at the end of the day, they're like, digging through their network of friends to find whoever has really eligible bachelors for their daughter or their son, right? Um, Whoever has eligible children 
that are looking to get married that you know and then they're kind of going through that network and then presenting them to you this is the modern day arranged marriages that are like um done a lot more commonly and frequently that does not mean that we don't still have institutions where maybe that is not necessarily the case but a lot of the time when we're talking about arranged marriages in a more modern um way it's really truly this collaborative experience where your parents are reaching out to their network of friends extended friends and family and finding out if they know someone who knows someone who has a child who or who has a kid who is eligible to be married who's looking to be married and um, is ready for that next chapter and then they kind of filter through that and then present them to you and then you kind of consider and you talk to them and they court you and it's really it's it can be a really a beautiful experience. And so at that time, when I had accepted that concept for me, it was because A, it had successfully happened for my sister. Mm-hmm. And B, I thought, you know, it went well with her. It could go well for me. Sure. It wasn't like what my parents had gone through, okay. right? Yeah. So, um, and my parents really wanted to make sure that it wouldn't be like what they went through. So they really wanted it to be something that, that paid attention to what we wanted for our lives. And Which, sorry to stop you, but I just feel like that's very admirable of your parents because yeah. they were obviously raised yes. a very certain way. Yes. And they were able to still be centered with their beliefs and what they were raised on but also give you a little more flexibility yes and kind of room to breathe and yes. maybe do it a little bit more on your own terms rather than where they came from right which I just respect so much about them I think that's amazing the last yeah exactly the last thing my mom wanted was her story you know happening again so for her it meant so much to make sure that that didn't happen so for my sister she really did let my sister go through and really comb through all the about bachelors that she had for her my older sister and then for me it was the same thing so I had made a video for my small audience at the time on November 2nd of 2012 and it said I'm getting an arranged marriage I had already seen Seth I had already taken his order a few times, but nothing was really moving. Like the needle wasn't moving. He was so shy. And I had already known my fate. And um, in the sense where I had thought that I was getting an arranged marriage. So I made that video. And Seth doesn't know that I have a YouTube channel. He doesn't know anything. November 3rd, he asks me for my number. Really? Yeah. Whoa. So November 2nd, I make the video. I'm proclaiming to the world. November 3rd, he asked me for my number. We never stopped talking after that. See, that's meant to be. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And it was truly like, it's kind of like that saying when, when you make plans, God laughs, you know? And so for me, it's truly that I, I said this so confidently, not realizing that the next day my life would be changed forever. Wow. So, okay. So when he asked for your number, did you tell your mom right away? Absolutely not. I had to hide that thing for so long. Really? Yes. Because while, and this is also something I love to share It's not that my parents were opposed to Seth. Mm -hmm. They really wanted to um, preserve a lot of our culture and a lot of our like cultural traditions and norms and values, even when coming to this country. And so one of those things was really trying their best to make sure that we married within our culture um, because that meant a lot to them. And so they never were opposed to him as a person. It was the idea of him and the fears of what that could mean of what, what, what you know, like, would I still be able to preserve my cultural identity and, sure. and would I still be able to honor our cultural traditions and norms and values? And so I understand my parents' fears and I understand why it was tough for them. It was tough for them when it came to my brothers as well. Mm-hmm. My brothers, uh, my older brothers went through the same journey and I thought that maybe it would be easier for me because 
my brothers had already fought for the loves of their lives um, who were American girls. But because I was a girl, it was still very difficult. And my parents still struggled, especially having an older sister that went through the arranged marriage. They're like, she did it. Why can't you type of a thing? And I was willing to, but God and life had a different, you know, plan for me. So I had to hide uh, him for a while until when you glow, you glow. Yeah. When you glow different, She's like, mothers mm, know. Something's up with you. And my older sister, she saw that like I was flirting with this guy. So it was just impossible to hide after a while. And so it was a tough journey towards yeah. acceptance. Um, they finally agreed to meet Seth in, on Thanksgiving of the following year. So Thanksgiving. So you guys were, talk- were dating for a year. Yes. Wow. So Thanksgiving of 2013, my parents said, all right, he can come over. We will meet him, have him bring his mother. And that's when you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. that for them, it was like they never wanted to meet Seth while disapproving of him. Mm-hmm. So I really respect that about yeah, them. Totally. They the first time that they met him was under the context of being like giving them, giving us their blessing. Yeah. So I love that they've Seth has never met my parents in a way where um, they were ever rude to him or anything. That was never yeah. the case. Like you they know? weren't automatically reserved. Like yes. they were like, okay, this is probably going to be a forever thing. Yes. So let's yes. Good terms. Yeah. Yes. So they met on the terms of like, these two people are clearly, our children are clearly in love, mm-hmm. you know, let's talk the next step. So yeah, Thanksgiving is always very special to us wow. for that reason. And I'm always thankful um, for Thanksgiving because it was when my parents gave us their blessing and oh my, um, my parent, my parents got to meet his mother and you know, he's an only child and it's really just him and his mom. Um, and so it was really, really, really special. And yeah, that's, that's our amazing. story. So after Thanksgiving, when, after that, did he propose? I mean, yes. So when, because my parents were kind of like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's next? Because yeah. my mom wasn't going to just allow, you know, because of my mom's religiousness and her, her closeness to her faith, she wasn't just going to say, yeah, okay, you guys can continue to date while I know. Yeah. Like, what's the plan here? Yeah. When are you guys going to get married? Um, et cetera. I don't think people understand outside of social media, like what a boss ass business bitch you are. You know, and sorry I for my language you saying that in this home, but like you're a sleigh <laughs> and I don't know. I'm, I'm being serious. No, I like you truly so inspire much. so many women. Thank you. And I've just loved to see you branch out. And I'm like, you'll talk about somebody and I'm like, what else can't she do? No, like, thank you so truly, much. Can you kind of like go through yes. what you do outside of social media? Yeah. So, and I think that that's, I really appreciate you even asking that because I think I've never really thought to share. I just kind of like live and then I just make videos and, and I, I don't know, I, I, I do have my hands in a lot of fun things. So, mm-hmm. so it does make me excited to talk about it because, um, first and foremost, I do make content and I love doing that. Um, secondarily I have, um, I did write a book, a children's book called beautifully me yes. and I'm writing my second book. I do love to write. And, um, throughout my life I had gone through so many different periods of having different career aspirations and being a writer was one of them. And so uh, I love that this job has allowed me and afforded us the opportunity to really dive into all of those passions. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of them, writing. So I'm working on my second book. And I do have a nonprofit scholarship program that I uh, created in partnership with an already existing foundation in Bangladesh called Jago Foundation. And so we have 20 girls in our scholarship program that at the time that we started it, it's called Norhouse. Um, we started it when they were 
were five ages five to seven years old and now they're a little bit older because uh, we started that in 2019 and we provide them with free education and resources from now until they graduate and help break the cycle of poverty and help them not have to succumb to the pressures of child marriage because they are in very poverty-stricken communities in Bangladesh and I'm so proud of these girls and I'm proud of what Jago does and um, I'm honored to have a program there so I have that which I'm very proud of um, that doesn't necessarily take much of my day-to-day though it is something that we do though that I'm very 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 proud of and that Seth is and I... truly sorry to cut you off no. but I, I want I just I want to praise you for a second okay it's amazing I think that that is truly incredible Thank and you. I I've, I've heard a little bit about that story mm-hmm. but not fully of what you guys have done and I just I'm in awe of you and how much you want to help others and use your platform for good I think that's just incredible thank you so much how did you get into that so we went to Bangladesh Seth and I with my family and we went there in 2019 and it was such an amazing rewarding experience but I knew that I had gotten an invitation from Jago Foundation to visit their schools and see what they do and Seth and I once we got on that campus we were so amazed by what the, they are doing on their own mm-hmm. to be able to provide children with the opportunity to break the cycle of poverty in these very tough poverty-stricken communities. We were just so inspired, and I immediately, when I walked in, I felt like this was my opportunity to do for my mother what should have been done for her, you know, in the sense where I wish she had the opportunity to go to school. you know, to not have to get married at 14. So we knew, and it was in our hearts to leave there with an understanding that we were going to go back to the States and plan with the creators of Jago Foundation, a little program that we could do where we could just have 20 girls and give them the opportunity to know and their families to know that they're covered till they are graduated. We've got them, you know, like they are going to be able to do something with their education and, and, and we've got their backs. And so it was such an amazing feeling to know that like, this was my way of doing something in honor of my mother, you know? And, um, what a full circle moment. Yeah. And she, she's so proud. And that makes, that's, you know, that's like food for my soul. Right. So that was really the the um, inspiration behind us creating that program with with Jago and really focusing on girls' education. So I'm really proud of it, and I'm proud of you know Corvi for what he's doing with Jago Foundation, and um, so that's something that I do. And then I also have a small business called Nabellamur Home, and it's where I have this amazing collection of curated things that I have been able to create both in Bangladesh and in Pennsylvania. So our candles uh, for Annabelle and we home. We have a little candle line called Saren Begum named after my grandmothers. And so our candle line um, is made here in Pennsylvania. It's 100% oh, soy, so cool. hand poured. It's just really, really special. They're made in small batches. And then we have some textile goods like our pillow covers. Okay. Um, We've got some table napkins, etc., that we have made in Bangladesh uh, by our family tailor. So, yeah, it's like it's yeah. So we go. I um, send some of my family members back home to the marketplace. They will go get sari fabrics, 
take them to our family tailor and then make these pillow covers and make these table napkins etc in these small batches and it means so much to me because for me it's just a way to like honor our family honor our culture honor our story so um the Bellinor home is a little labor of love and it's small it's it's small but it's mighty I have really big hopes for it and I really appreciate every single person that shops from the Bellinor home because they're they're one of a kind things they're things that are made with love intention with an idea uh, to support small businesses beyond our own, right? The candle maker, the person, the tailor back home in Bangladesh. Um, we are, you know, just coming to these people uh, with our head down saying, hey, like, how can we best support you? And I really love it. And then I have just started, which I really love, um, working on some design clients. I've been doing interior styling, interior designing. Um, I'm on my third property that I'm really proud of. And it's been really, really fun and taking on design clients in bigger, small ways. I've done three homes fully. And then I've done um, design clients that just have singular rooms or spaces that sure. they want to work on. So big or small, I'm, I'm excited to kind of continue diving into that. And um, that's been a labor of love but also just a lot of fun creative juices flowing sure. there so I can really see myself uh diving into that more um and I have been I, I'm now working on a really cool salon so oh. just little things it's a love for a home decor has turned into something really oh, special yeah. and you guys I just have to say and I told her this too your home on social media does not do it justice in person it is the most stunning home I've ever been in in my life stop like, no, I, I'm not joking. That means a lot. I already told you that you're hired for my next house. Yes. You and so I'm really excited about home. that. Like, I'm not joking. It's right there. But you're, you would think it's retouched, edited in some sort of way. Like it, social media does not do your home justice. It I is stunning. That. I appreciate And it's, it's every that. tiny attention to detail, whether it comes to design, the furniture, the decor, the accents, like you did an incredible job. Thank you so much. It's gorgeous. Scott and I walked in, we're like, um, we don't belong here. Stop. <laughs> Wait till I get my hands on your space. Oh, I'm excited. I'm like, it I'm makes excited. me so, I like mood board for clients for fun. Yeah. Like sometimes someone will be like, hey, I have an idea. I'm like, hold on. And then I just go start. I, I love mood boarding for people and kind of creating little visuals for them to mm. kind of see the space that they're dreaming up. It just makes me so happy. So that means a lot. Oh, good. Like it really brings me so much joy helping people make things beautiful. It's like, true. So yeah. when you're doing these homes, are you, are they like remodeling, like reconstruction or are you designing like interior design? So I have done lots so okay. I have done from start to finish um everything down to the the hinges to the doorknobs to the windows to like every single thing from all of that to like the actual products inside the house sure. right and then I have done just cosmetics so just the styling which is the items inside the home um ordering everything for a specific space whether it's a nursery or whether it's um so I've done airbnbs I have done um homes start to finish I've done gut renovations mm -hmm. uh so it's been a lot of fun just kind of pouring into whatever the project is yeah. um, and then I also love just doing a little room refresh for people too sure. so sometimes people just 
just need to re-understand their space and it can really use a lot of what they already have and then just adding a little bit of new um that's also really fun for me because I think it's just about reorienting a lot of times it might look like I'm constantly changing my space but sometimes it's really just I'm reorienting things yeah and that can make a big difference like I love that so I just changed it up a few weeks ago and I already feel like it's a new space yeah and it's the same stuff so you and you've shown before and afters of your home and it's incredible to see the difference thank you what what room did you start to kind of branch out from there like what what was the room that you started this main area yeah so when I first walked through first of all you know builder grade homes can be daunting because you know you walk into a builder grade home and it's tough to kind of understand how can I make this feel custom Mm -hmm. you know especially when you might have friends or family that are building something from scratch and maybe that's at that time it wasn't in my budget to just build something from scratch so um it was very daunting walking into a space that was so opposite of what my interests were what my like like what I liked everything was like brown everything was like very different uh the ceilings like right above you they were dark brown in those boxes like kind of deciding and seeing like past all of that walking through the kitchen and everything was like a cherry wood Mm -hmm. kind of seeing past that and thinking of that like what I would want it to be was very daunting but I had a vision and I had to go through multiple versions of that vision to find the land where I'm at I wasn't always like really good with design I originally worked with some designers and then I ended up as I learned and loved design more, scrapping what I did there and then starting fresh myself. And and I really love like what I have been able to come up with. Um, but it started here in this main space. Yeah. Open concept can be so scary. Oh yeah. Because and it's 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 because we kind of have a free flow house like that too. Our living room attaches to our dining room and then our kitchen. But when you want kind of a little bit of different types or styles of furniture but yes. you can see it all in one room you're like wait is this gonna match how is do you it create flow? that separation yeah. how do you create that like corner and that's why I really love that I did this um recently yes. because right now I want it's the holidays you want to feel like a gathering yeah. place so it's like trying to changing things up figuring out what you want how to create an identity for a space mm-hmm. so a lot of that was what I learned through this home. I don't know if this is my home forever, but I do know that this home taught me everything that I needed to know about what my one of my newest passions have become. Yeah. Um, and then finally, I love to cook. So oh, that yeah. was a, a I'm passion. excited for dinner. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's going to be nice. It's going to be a lot of authentic Bengali food. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. So that's kind of what my like lights my soul up right now is working in the kitchen working on homes uh, making content that Mm -hmm. I just love and figuring out how I can kind of pour back into the community in in ways that that feel like meaningful and I'm aligned with when when did pockets of peace like come alive how how did that start (sighs) and tell me about your idea behind that so what I love about pockets of peace was it was birthed from a time that was so uh scary and anxiety filled so when we all started in the pandemic and it started off as social no it started off as a two week yeah two week lockdown right two week quarantine Mm -hmm. so I thought why not make some content I was so anxious during that time I didn't know what was going on we all were and so for me I was like what can I do we're all so worried every time we go on our feeds it's so scary Mm -hmm. it's so daunting it's so like just frightening to go online, go online and not know what's coming and what we're supposed to be doing. So I thought, how could I kind of like put a pause between that? How can I just be a little bit of a break for people? 
So I started documenting the the days of quarantine. I thought it's only 14 days, right? Yeah. So I was like, let me just document these 14 days and share my quarantine routine. So it started off as quarantine routine. And every day I just documented the little moments that were comprising my day. And slowly but surely people started tuning in and then they would wait for the like they would wait for each day of the quarantine yeah, routine it was like their part the happiness yes, part of their day exactly the and then i'm like wait a second this is a thing this is a vibe well quarantine lasted more than two weeks uh yeah it was months mm-hmm. and months and months and i kept going every single day i would post and then i realized this is this is what brings me joy like Aww. helping people um find the little moments of goodness in their doubt in their day brought me so much peace and it helped me with my own anxiety like just documenting the good helped me with my own anxiety and it ended up becoming like a virtual gratitude journal and I realized like I love sharing the good and I love sharing like a very honest highlight reel in the sense where I'm not saying that there's no bad happening I'm just saying like this is my gratitude journal of all the good things that happened today that I want to share with you because you're my friend and I want to share like all the great that happened today and um then quarantine ended but my love for sharing that didn't it had just started and I realized what was this offering people it was offering them a pocket of peace what was I sharing I was sharing the pockets of peace from my day so I called it I changed hashtag quarantine routine to hashtag pockets of peace and that's all she wrote and now I find so much joy sharing my pockets of peace while encouraging others to find theirs and it's really rooted in this idea of like let's treat this like a gratitude journal you know like it's a lot of like positive psychology as well which I really really love in the sense where whatever we focus on magnifies like multiplies it becomes bigger so I love focusing on the good even if it's just me making coffee even if it's just me making a meal um because I believe that that will like it'll expand you know and so it's been really really fun and sometimes a pocket of peace is just sharing an outfit of the day sometimes a pocket of peace is sharing the full day sometimes a pocket of peace is just me sharing a meal you know and for I love hearing people share their own um and that could be something so different it could just be when they pull up to the driveway and they just sit in their car for a few more minutes and listen to their favorite song yeah that could be their pocket of peace from the day and it could be funny it could be you know whatever to whomever but for me it's been life-changing just that was how I found you and I remember I used to be like I could wash this girl shower all day you (laughs) would like shower with like your loofah and I was like this is iconic like the way that you bring so much joy into like you said the smallest parts of the day to focus on that positivity Cause I remember that was when I was working as an ICU nurse in the mm. pandemic. And I remember watching your Girl. pockets of peace and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, I would sit there and I was like, this is, this is the happiness. Like that was the happiness of my day. That truly. is the sweetest thing. No, Thank truly. You so much. I, that was how I found you. And I just fell in love with you. I was like, I'm I obsessed with her. That. And now I'm on your couch. Yeah. Now you're on my couch and now I'm obsessed with you. No, no, I am obsessed with you more. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we skipped a big part of your life and that is you being an amazing mom oh. and your guys' struggle with infertility. Yes. Can we talk about that a little bit? Of course. Oh my gosh. And speaking of pockets of peace, honestly, like I had been also simultaneously sharing so much of my fertility journey mm-hmm. that it was really nice to have something that kind of just focused on like the things that went right during a time where it felt like everything that was going wrong, mm-hmm. you know, especially as I was going through my infertility journey. Cause I had struggled for six plus years uh, wow. to get pregnant. Um, at one point I genuinely believed that we were just not going to be able to have a baby. Yeah. 
And I would document that. I would share that with my audience. And I'm very grateful because in doing so, I learned how not alone I was, how many more people were experiencing the same thing. And um, I had gotten pregnant. Um, I had gotten a miscarriage. I had a miscarriage and I decided to share it. And I wasn't sure like if I wanted to share that or not. Well, I'm glad I did because when doing so, I had learned so much about how common that was mm-hmm. and how many people just go through it and don't tell anybody. Yeah. And like, it's, it's such a lonely thing. And so I was really thankful for the community that I had or just how, how much they just like cloaked me with, um, prayer, just yeah. like they did for my dad when yeah. my dad was going through a lot, um, with his health, my, my community came in and just started praying, sending love. And I believe in, I believe in the power of prayer and the yeah. power of positive energy. And I really believe that when I went through my infertility journey, just like when my dad went through his cancer journey, people just came together in such a beautiful, powerful way. And anyway, I, uh, had my miscarriage and then I had my rainbow baby, um, Amalia. So and it was, she is darling. Thank you. You're going to meet her in a little bit. Oh I'm my excited. gosh. Okay. I'm so excited. I, I just have to tell you that I think you, I, I don't know if you posted more than one, but the outfit videos of her when she was like walking around the corner. Oh, I'm going to do one of those every week. Oh my God. Someone else did the same thing. No, I think you're going to do that. And like, I, I need everything like in my size. She is a doll. She's so fun. I'm obsessed with her. She's and that little so cooking fun. video you did with her. And she's like such a good helper. She loves it. And she loves that food, which I like. That girl's got a good palate. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she's eating good. My mom is very like, we're going to give her lentils. We're going to give her, like, uh-huh. she's just very like, wants her to have a very expansive palate. Yeah, she is darling. And you Thank guys you. have just embraced parenthood so well and beautifully because you just, you wanted that baby so bad. I wanted that yeah. baby so, it's so true. I honestly, it was unreal going from wanting something so bad and feeling like, why is God not giving me this? I want this. Why is God not giving it to me? Feeling like you're in a period of rejection from, from you know, your dreams, your, your, your desire. Feeling like God's rejecting you. To then all of a sudden being hit with abundance. Because once I was pregnant with Amalia, I was like, okay, like I could, this is it. Like, mm-hmm. This is it. Then to be able to get pregnant again so soon after, yes. it was like, I, I had just... I couldn't even believe it. Yeah. And I realized like that there's a timing for everything. And in our lives, there's a time there's, there's our stories aren't over. Um, just because it might feel like it's, it's over. It's, it's not, there's, there's still so much to, to, to happen. And I realized that like a no might not mean a no, it could just be a not right now, you know? And that was my story. Six years of infertility to then have two babies in two years. That's all God. That's Mm -hmm. all divine timing that's all trusting in my own story and I didn't do it then but now I can tell somebody who might be going through it I hope that that there's a there's a time for for abundance and I pray for that for everyone that's watching that feels like it's a season of rejection I pray for the season of abundance to come and I can't assure that for everybody and I know that everyone has their own story and everyone has their own circumstances but my prayer is that just as I have seen so much rejection and then abundance. I pray that for everyone that's watching as well. And you, it's when you go through, you know, like you said, the six years of trying to get pregnant and losing a baby, 
those small moments like when you're telling me that you were up all night you know because you have two little babies yes and it's like you're so tired but you're also like this is what i prayed for for yes. six years yes I, you would have given anything to be up all night with your babies you know one thousand percent i'm very you know a lot of my friends have to tell me it's okay to complain but i'm very like i don't really like i don't really want to not complain but like i just i've wanted this for so long mm-hmm. so for me i I let a lot of things fall off, like my shoulder, you know what I mean? Things that like, sometimes I'll tell somebody like, yeah, you know, I had to wake up at like three or four or whatever. And they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, girl, I have been waiting for this season. So yes, there are days though where it's really tough. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I would not be able to survive without my village. And I, I'm so thankful to have my mom, my sisters, all of the help that we have. We have Seth's mom. We have so many people that come together for us, um, for us to be able to to do what we do and to take care of our girls. Then I also have a nanny. Like I'm very grateful, mm-hmm. and it would not be possible solo dolo. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'm yeah, very thankful. I I want to talk to you about that because I feel like I get so much shame for having help and Mm. you know you have this amazing family so close i have amazing incredible parents but they have to get on a flight and like come so they fly about once a month which is why we have our casita where they'll stay and and help with the kids but twice a week we have our nanny who is incredible bianca we love you um but she comes from like nine to four and that's when i'll have my meetings with my team or film my content or try to edit because i feel like when i'm in the moment with my kids I try to put my phone on as much as I can. I'm not scrolling. Yes. I, I'm very blessed where I can work from home and I can also, you know, post or, or do whatever work I need to do while my kids are home and I don't have to have help then and there. But I also like to try to balance and be as present as I can. And yep. I feel like people don't like that. They don't like that I've talked openly about about paying someone to help our family, but She's become a part of our family twice a week. And I love that you were talking about how, it, I think it was your nanny's birthday. Yeah. And I just love that because I'm like, our nanny is our family. Of course. Like she, she's been with us since before Stevie was one. Stevie's now wow. two and a half. And I, the background I come from as a nurse in the pediatric ICU, I saw a lot of really bad things happen in like daycare settings. Mm. So I've always had my kids home with me. Mm. And I feel so blessed and privileged to be able to afford help twice a week. Like it's, I, I see how, how lucky we are truly. Totally. And I just love that you talked openly about it because you're a very hardworking woman oh, with you. two kids. Like that's, it's hard being a working mom. Yes. It's extremely difficult. Yes. But I love that you've talked about having a nanny. Yeah. I think it's so important because there, are, I, I don't ever want it to look like I've just got it all figured out. No, honey, I get help. (laughs) And it is with that help that I am able to do what I do and and to do it well. And it is 1000% a privilege to be able to have this type of help, such a a beautiful, specialized, unique one-on-one type of help that you Mm -hmm. get with a nanny is so, is such a privilege. And I, and I am so grateful for it and I don't take it for granted any, any day. And, um, I think it's important to talk about it because a, you know, uh, I want to help people understand that this is not a one one woman show or two people show. This is definitely a village with my mother, my sisters as well. Um, and second, secondly, I think you know it is such a beautiful thing if you are able to to be able to have that support system, to be able to have that help. And I also think I really believe that 
um, there's actually somebody I'd seen on TikTok and she is a stay at home mom and she still has a nanny. And she says, I need to care for me. Yeah. And I was like, you go girl. So totally. she has a nanny come. Like, I think it was, I think she'd made a TikTok. Um, this is someone that I'd seen on my for you page and she's like, I'm a stay at home mom, but I have a nanny come two times a week to be able to, I can go get things done for the house. I can go get groceries. I can, mm-hmm. I can go get my nails done. I can go. Get, and is she absolutely acknowledges the privilege as well. And I think that, you know, it's, if you're able to, it can really be so helpful also for your own mental health. I do therapy every week. I go do my nails. I go do all these things. Um, I obviously work, <laughs> you know, yeah. so I work full time, you mm-hmm. work full time. Yeah. Um, but I, I noticed something and this is something I learned in therapy that was really important and which is just that like, if we are well and we are happy, if we have the opportunity to be well and happy, we can be better parents, you know, yeah. we can serve our kids better. And so, because I'm aware that I have this privilege of having a nanny and having so much help with my family, I realize like they have helped me show up better for my kids, yep. show up better for myself. And I want to give them their flowers, you know, and I want people to know like, this is a team thing mm-hmm. and I'm thankful for them. And none of this is, is possible solo dolo. And I'm oh, aware yeah. of that. And I have no shame in that. I believe in normalizing you know, all the help. I believe in normalizing therapy. I believe in normalizing things that sometimes can feel taboo. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, I'm at the point where I'd rather just be honest. I, I would never want someone to look at my life or my vlogs and, and see these things that I'm able to buy or when I talk about or show a new designer bag or something. I, I don't, I'm not going to lie and be like, oh yeah, I, I work full time. I probably work 80 hours a week. No joke. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I'm also raising my kids and the best version of myself by myself because right like you said me just going to pilates or getting my nails done sometimes i'll even have my nanny come so i can do laundry for an hour in peace like yeah i have probably seven baskets of laundry in my loft right now washed and sitting in baskets need to be folded right. and i i i just have to have help because yeah. i want to be present and show up for my kids and nannies are so underappreciated that i find that like i've gotten nannies messaging me and like sending me messages and comments saying that like thank you for speaking up about your nanny. Yes. Thank you for appreciating your nanny. Yes. And I just want like nannies out there to know that like without you, Oh yeah. You know, if if we're able to have a nanny, Mm -hmm. it is, it is so instrumental for the health and the, the, just the vitality of a home, you know, and, um, and for our children and to just have somebody else that you can kind of lean on and say, Hey, I'm kind of worried about this and that for our girl. Can you kind of like, can you see like what your thoughts are on that? Or can you like look into this a little bit more? Like I have ping ponged ideas whenever my daughters had sleep regressions. I have like ping ponged ideas with my nanny. Oh yeah. Like it's just so potty training. Like it's literally, I tell, I tell my nanny all the time. I'm like, it's like we're co-parenting. Cause I'm like, okay, Stevie's potty training. We were doing X, Y, and Z. What do you think? How she been today with right. potty training when, she, when she's taking her out and about? It really is a village. Yeah. Like and I said. also want to add, like, like you said, your parents don't live nearby. Yeah. So you're also leaning into the support you can get, mm-hmm. you know, for me, my father has Parkinson's. He has dementia. He's had a really long road with cancer. My mom has to pour herself into him. Yeah. She helped take care of all six of my nieces and nephews fully. You know, that was her, she had helped them fully. Yeah. So she would love to for my kids and then I wouldn't need a nanny, mm-hmm. but she has my dad now. And so I want to make sure that I'm not making my mother who would happily take both my kids and my dad every single day. I don't want her to overextend herself. So I said to my mother, I know you want to help me in this way every single day, 
but I want to make sure that you can be able to best show up for Abu. And so I am going to get a nanny. And she at first was kind of like, no, 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 I can do it. I did yeah. it for my other grandchildren. And I had to say, no, like I, I need you. To, I need you to finally care about you too. Yeah. So yeah, everyone has their own story. Everyone has their own reasons. And as long as we're honest and we're open and we're, you know, proud of the decisions that we make, like, yeah, that's all that matters. One last thing I want to touch on because we didn't talk about it because I totally forgot, but your story that you shared on TikTok of the fact that you fully take care of your parents. Yes. That was like, immediately I was like, that's my goal. Mm. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, of course. So, you know, I am one of six kids and growing up, I think everyone had their like rite of passage in terms of like um, helping my parents in some way, whether it was working at the family shop, you know, my older sister and my older brother did that a lot. I also helped work at the family shop a lot, um, but they did a lot, a lot, a lot. My older sister, a big part of her story has been really just being of service and, and constant support to my mother and to my father. And I knew that, you know, being a first generation American, and I was also the first to get my bachelor's degree and, you know, uh, get a four year degree from college, etc. So, my parents really had dreams that we would be able to to achieve a lot in life and then not so that we could pour it back into them but just they had really big dreams for us and so being a first generation child and first generation kid like you really want to make their sacrifices worth it they left comfort they left so much to come to this country and so my dream was always like I want to retire them you know like I want to retire my parents and the moment that it was possible I remember we were on a brand trip and I called my parents and I said, guys, uh, and it was a three-way call, my business manager, myself, and my parents. And again, like we did not come from money. Like we did not come from wealth. So being able to make this call was huge. And I had said, you're never going to see a bill again in your life. I, you're going to give my business manager your address and that's it. You're never going to see one. And they haven't since. And it has been the biggest blessing in my life to be able to give just a fraction of what they've given yeah. to us. Um, and, you know, my, my sister, my brother, they all, you know, my brother was just at my mom, my parents' house shaving my dad's beard. My sister's there every week. Oh. And, like, we all pour into our, our parents. It's all about them for mm-hmm. us. In our, in, and that's just one of the things that they taught us. But being able to do that has been a luxury and a blessing that this job has afforded me. And since then, what I've been able to build beyond it has afforded me. And I'm very grateful. And, and, um, I'm just, it's a little bit based compared to what they've been able to yeah. do for us. So, well, I am in awe of you. Thank you. I know I truly, I'm so grateful that you are here on cheers and sharing your story with me because I just, I admire you so much and I think you've you should be so proud of everything you've accomplished because I truly admire everything you've done and I I, all my goals are now higher oh hearing your stories I'm I'm so serious you should be so proud of yourself in the time that you started TikTok and now like you have a podcast and you launched it today which is so exciting and you're doing so much and I'm I'm very proud of you as well and I'm thankful that you had me on here and that you made the trek here to my small town oh my gosh it's gorgeous I'm obsessed I told him I said I think I'm moving to the east coast you should it's 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 so nice it's very wholesome and I really love it and but I'm just really proud of you as well and I'm thankful to know you and thanks for having me on oh my gosh thank you so much Let's do one last cheers. Yes.
This was so fun. Nabella, thank you for being on. Cheers. Of course. I love cheers. You. I admire you. Thank cheers, you. Guys.